It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. Presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome to a, as Dan Weed put it, wonderful Wednesday. A wonderful, wacky Wednesday here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. Dan Weed, Weed Family Automotive in Studio 124, Store Street in Concord. And uh, you can check them out at uh, WeedFamilyAutomotive.com. And good morning to you, Dan. Ken, good morning, and thanks for having me on this wonderful Wednesday. It is a wonderful Wednesday indeed. And uh, I, I saw something come up on the Internet yesterday, Uh-oh. and the first, the absolute first person I thought of was you, because it said, that according to this report, that AccuWeather is saying that we're going to have Four times as much snow this winter as we had last winter. Oh, well, okay. Wait, um, well, as last yeah, winter. As okay. last winter. Well, when we didn't see very much, granted. Say, we're, yeah. not, we're not setting the bar very high here to begin True. with on this Wednesday. Yeah, so four times as more than we had last winter. And, of course, in, in my world, we didn't have much last winter to begin with. So yeah. I, I would welcome four times more than what we had. That would be, in, in my book, a... Uh, Almost normal New England winter. Yeah, I yeah, know it would be normal four times what we had last year. I guess uh, you know what, what did we have in the you know in the entire state? Not very much. I mean, maybe what 17, 18 inches all winter, something like yeah, that. May, maybe more than that. Maybe yeah. You know, certainly we we didn't get our share of what they get out in the western half of the country, where in some places they got some four hundred inches of snow. Mm. Oh, maybe it's heading in this direction. Oh, I could only hope. Maybe El Nino or whatever is pushing it here. <laughs> I don't quite understand El Nino. But at, at any rate, uh, they say there's going to be more this year. And uh, Dan, with the Bow Pioneers, the Snowmobile Club, and uh, clearing the paths for everyone. And hopefully, uh, it, the, the, the trails will have a lot of business this year. We're, we're hoping. It's been a, a number of years that we've had... Uh, Slim winters, even in the North Country, you know, in the yeah. North Country, you know, Pittsburgh, Errol, Colebrook, yeah. they're used to snowmobiling till, you know, mid-April or so. In the last couple of years, they've been shut down in, in middle of March. So yeah. a few weeks short of a full season. And uh, we're looking forward to if the predictions come true. If they do. If they yes. do. Yes. Uh, we'll believe it when we see it. But we're, we, I would welcome that particular forecast. You and uh, lots of school kids, too. Yes, right. right. <laughs> and teachers, maybe. And teachers. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that being said, you know, we're talking, we're, we are getting into that time of this, the year where, you know, days are getting shorter, full, fall foliage is out, but um, the state just hosted one of their largest sporting events uh, as far as attendance is concerned in the state. So uh, New Hampshire Snowmobile Association and all of their associated clubs throughout the state held their uh, annual Grass Drags event down in Epping, New Hampshire yeah. at Peterson's Farm. And over 40-plus thousand people wow. in attendance for the entire weekend. So, again, one of the largest uh, draws in attendance for a sporting event in the state and probably in good parts of New England as well. And, you know, it, in, in these parts anyway, it, it seems to go vastly unreported. Yeah, really. You, really? you don't, don't hear too no, much about it. No, no, it's a... You know, it's a, an event for a, a, a niche group of people, if you will, but really it ties it's into... big niche, though. <laughs> it 40,000 yeah, people. 40,000 yeah. people in yeah. attendance yeah. Uh, for, for a weekend event starting, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, the weather held out most of the day Saturday for them, but both Friday and Sunday were great days, and 
a lot of fun to be had, a lot of neat stuff to be seen out there. And uh, I had a friend of mine that visited for his first time and he just got into snowmobiling a year or two ago and he was just absolutely amazed at uh, the amount of opportunities that were there to be able to buy things, see things, talk to people, mm. and really get to know about the, the sport and the industry as a whole. But he was just absolutely amazed. Yeah. And uh, so what happens at, uh, you know, you say grass drags. What what does that mean exactly? So it encompasses a whole part of our sport from uh, the motorsports aspect of it. So they actually do drag racing uh, on the grass. They've got special snowmobiles that are set up for that. Right. Uh, they do a, uh, what do I want to call it? a trick event as well. So they have a group of people that come in and do uh, flips and loops and rolls and stuff uh, on snowmobiles on, snowmobiles. on a, a track wow. that's set up for it. Yeah. And of course, one of the big draws is the the uh, water cross events that they do. So they actually drive a snowmobile across the water on, uh, on a pond uh, and they have a, a course that they have to complete. So it's not just a straight line across the pond. Right. Uh, so they're actually wow. making turns on the water and whatnot. On the water. So, you know, so there's a lot of stuff going on. You have all the, your major manufacturers there from uh, Skidoo simple. to Polaris yeah. and Yamaha uh, and Articat. Yeah. Uh, and then you have uh, a flea market area. There's also sorts of attractions for the kids to do. They offer helicopter rides. So there's a lot going on. So that is that is amazing, and you really don't. I mean, like you say, there are at least forty thousand people that know about it. That's for sure. <laughs> but it's it's not something that's widely publicized. You don't. I don't see it a lot on on TV or uh, in the papers or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't think it really gets enough attention. Uh, yeah. Out there to the, to the general public, and I think that's you know probably one of the things that we struggled with most. And you know, in my dealings with the snowmobile club and some of the public events that we had. You know, a lot of questions, even right on our own little town, and we would do a, an annual mum sale there. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd have big banners up. We'd sell, you know, the mums and pl- yeah. flowers and whatnot, have yeah. uh, club applications available. And, and every year it seemed, and my wife and I ran that event for 20 plus years, uh, every year somebody would come up and ask us, who are the bull pioneers and what do you do? And so, you know, again, we live in our own little world. You know, it's part of our everyday life, but yeah. it's not part of everyone else's everyday life. But when you're really looking at the entire infrastructure in the state, there's 7,000 miles of trails in the state that is built on uh, the individual clubs in their areas, but mostly on an all-volunteer basis that these are, you know, built and maintained. But they're out there for the enjoyment of everybody. You know, they, we see in a lot of places where these trails are used year-round for, you know, walking, biking, yeah. hiking, and stuff like that. In the wintertime, obviously, you know, snowmobiling, cross-country skiing, mountain biking, and whatnot. Right. So there's a lot of, you know, uh, potential for outdoor recreation and outdoor use just based on the foundation of what these volunteer snowmobile clubs have built. It's amazing. It, it really and truly is 7,000 miles of trails yes. in this state. Mm-hmm. Every time you say that, I'm, I'm always amazed because, you know, you, you don't think of, uh, you know, um, the state having that many thousands of miles of trails. To, I, I wouldn't anyway. Yeah, right. You know, you know yeah. it's... Uh, Excuse the expression, expression, but it is a, a hidden gem within our it state. It is. No, it is. It really is. And and mostly, as you said, maintained uh, by the various snowmobile clubs. Yes, on, on an all-volunteer basis. So yeah. There's, 
you know, the clubs get some money from the state for being able to groom and build the bridges and things like that. But yeah. mostly it's on an all volunteer basis, you know. So a lot of the clubs that are out there grooming and doing this, their members aren't getting paid for their time. And there's countless, I mean, thousands of hours that go into the building and maintenance of these trails uh, every year. And, you know, everybody thinks that, oh, yeah, it's a snowmobile club and they just work in the wintertime. For the people that are committed to and dedicated to what they do within the club, it is a year-round passion. But not so. Right. I, I, you know, uh, it, it's not just uh, a wintertime activity. Exactly. It's year-round. Right. Yeah. It, it's yeah. not December through March. It, it is all year long. Wow. It, it is amazing, the, the dedication, but I, I guess to have those uh, snowmobile trails ready for when it's, uh, you know, when you have an opportunity to use them, mm-hmm. that's what it has to take is uh, year-round maintenance. It, it does. You know, yeah. it, it is it's truly a year-round job, you know, building bridges, clearing trails. You know, of course, yeah. with the weather we have in New England, you never know, and, you know, it's taking trees out of the trail and, and blowdowns and things like that, or repairing bridges, you know, across some of the, you know, little streams and rivers and things like that. So there's a lot to it. Dan Weed is here, Weed Family Automotive, conveniently located at 124 Store Street in Concord. You can make an appointment actually online right now, weedfamilyautomotive.com. And Dan would be happy to take your calls here this morning if you have any Questions, comments, views, ideas, opinions about your vehicle specifically or uh, the uh, auto industry in general, uh, Dan would be happy to take your calls, uh, 603-224-1450. That's our call-in number here at WKXL, and Dan would be happy. I know Dan would be very happy to uh, field your calls and uh, take care of uh, any issues uh, you might have with, uh, with your vehicle. We will take a break. Kale and Company continues right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. And again, we have our lines open, 603-224-1450. If you would like to, uh, you know, call in and uh, ask Dan, you know, what's the matter with my car? Right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Dale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental, one of our great sponsors on WKXL, Weed Family Automotive, 124 Store Street in Concord. You can uh, give them a call right now. We have operators standing by. Who do we have standing by this morning, Dan? Well, Bobby and Ronnie are there waiting for your call, ready to take care of any of your automobile needs. There you go, 603-225-7988. And not that we really hear that much about it uh, these days on uh, radio or, or TV with what's uh, you know going on in the Middle East at this point, but uh, what what's happening with the uh, the auto workers strike? Uh, it's ongoing. It's been going on for several weeks, if not a month now. You know, started out slowly, uh, ne- contract negotiations, and you know, contract negotiations have been going on going on with different manufacturers for a better part of the year now. But things have broken down over the last month or so. And so right now uh, in the U.S., the UAW is still holding out. There's 
grumblings of tentative agreements, but uh, as of yesterday afternoon, Unifor, which is the Canadian version of our UAW, has reached a tentative agreement with General Motors uh, following suit with what Ford had in place. And really it comes down to wages, benefits, uh, health care insurance, and things like that. But you know, one of the key things was pay, of course. And so they're looking for an immediate 20% increase in pay. Sure. And, and then it went on to say, you know, one of the things that they were looking at is shortening the time that it takes somebody to walk in the door, start at square one, and then get to the top of the pay ranks within the union. And so they've shortened that time from eight years to four years to try and make it a little more attractive to get new people in. You know, and I think they're struggling just like everybody else is, is to find new help, new right. people, and even some of the younger people to come in and, and do some of this work. Exactly. And uh, I, I see you And I, I think one of the other things they were asking for, too, was a four-day work week. Uh, that oh. was another one of the uh, items that I, that I saw anyway. And, uh, at least uh, 800 uh, GM and uh, Stellantis uh, workers have already been laid off as a result of the strike. Yeah, I think 800 more as of yesterday. Wow. Uh, wow. So that was something, you know, they didn't have any parts coming in. They didn't want to cross the picket line, so they ended up laying off another 800 people. Yeah. And, you know, some of this has to do with uh, full-time union workers, but they also talk about uh, temporary workers uh, to fill in certain jobs that uh, are quasi-covered under the union, but they wanted part of it you know, part of the contract as well. So that was part of it. So a lot of moving pieces to this, but, you know, the, the key parts are obviously pay, time off. There was two days that uh, they were fighting for time off that I found interesting. And let's see if I can find it here. Um, one of them had to do with, uh, you know, the Canadian... Yeah. Days off and right, you know right. things like that. Yeah, but because, well, I mean, Detroit, I, where you know a lot of this is taking place, uh, is right, you know, right there. I mean, Canada's yeah. right there, yeah. uh, so that would, I guess, make sense. Uh, but at any rate, what what kind of an impact has it had already on uh, getting vehicles to dealerships across the country? So it's interesting because we've seen a change over the last year or two, particularly with COVID. You know, with the lack of inventory out there, we used to drive up to the dealership lot and pick out the car and the options with the options that we wanted because they had it right there in the lot. And we've seen a shift now that people are more and more ordering the vehicle that they want. Uh, so they go in, pick out the vehicle that they want, you know, select the options that they want, put the order in, wait typically, you know, six to eight weeks or more. Mm -hmm. Vehicle gets built and then shipped across. Well, to do these custom orders, we're seeing it take several months now, mm. if not more, uh, to do a custom build, if you will. And but it, that's the way it used to be back in you know '60s, '70s. You know, we start right. started to see that go away in the early '80s. And but you'd go into the dealership, you'd pick the car, you'd do the options because maybe they didn't have everything you wanted quite on the lot. That went away for a number of years, and now we're going back to that. So it's f interesting to see these these cycles come back around, you know. And and I guess you know in the future, I mean, part of this uh, you know has to do with the here and now, but uh, the, the future too for many of these auto workers could be at stake uh, with uh, the, the production of electric vehicles, which I understand doesn't take as many people 
to uh, to to work on an electric vehicle, to manufacture an electric vehicle, mm-hmm. and it doesn't take as long to manufacture an electric vehicle. And so one of the things that we're seeing with the electric vehicle world is a standardization of what I call the chassis platform. So you have basically one standard chassis powertrain component. Uh, I'll call it a plug-in module. And then different bodies that go on that same chassis platform. So you don't need as many assembly lines and things like that to produce that one vehicle. So they may take and produce, all right, body style A on the same chassis for six or eight months, and then they'll switch over to body style B and C on the same assembly line virtually. And so, yeah, you're you're able to cut down your production costs and your uh, build times by standardizing a lot of these chassis lines. And we've seen that for a number of years over different manufacturers' uh, model lines. You know, they they use the same engine, powertrain, and chassis platform with a different body style on it. And it's not uncommon, but to see it become, I'll call it standardized now, uh, and particularly in the EV world, yeah, you know, and this is something that the unions are fighting for, you know, and it'd be interesting to see with the billions of dollars being put into these battery production plants, yeah. you know, how much uh, union emphasis is going to be in just the battery production plants or the, you know, drivetrain components and things like that, that a lot of times, unfortunately, aren't built in our country. Yeah, that is true. I guess uh, 10, from what I found out, 10 battery factories have been proposed by the Detroit automakers. And uh, the UAW wants to make sure uh, that those battery factories are, are all unionized uh, if, in fact, those 10 become a reality. Yeah, exactly. And it's not unusual. I mean, it seems like every day in the automotive industry, we're seeing proposals for battery plants going up in many different places, you know, Indiana, Tennessee, the Carolinas, you know, in the Detroit area and, and whatnot, you know, in, in the automotive hub, if you will, yeah. of the United States, there's more and more push for these battery plants, but uh, how many of them are actually going to be controlled by the union? And I would venture a guess that, you know, if it's a Ford GM Chrysler plant, uh, a Unifor plant, up, you know, up in Canada, yeah. that, yeah, it'll be union controlled, but what about some of these other entities? You know, are they going to also fall under the guises of union control? Right, and I, I guess that's what they're they're pushing for as mm-hmm. as part of this uh, uh, UAW uh, walkout, uh, as it were. But it's not it's not as I understand it, Dan, and maybe my conception of this is wrong. But it's not impacting all of the automaking plants in the country. That is correct. Yeah. You know, you still have you know BMW in South Carolina, yeah. Honda, Toyota. There's a whole bunch of manufacturing plants that this is not affecting because either they've negotiated contracts or the union doesn't have a foothold in some of these assembly plants. Right. So, it's it's uh, you know it's been a while now, and uh, I guess there's uh, little end in sight from what we understand. Right now, no. I mean, there's, again, some contract negotiations that went through yesterday for Unifor in Canada, but that's on that side of it, and to see if that falls in place with what happens here in the U.S., I believe it will. Uh, What does it do to the everyday person? Well, if you're waiting for your car to be built, then, yeah, you might be delayed for a little while. There's still a 20 or 30 day supply of vehicles on most dealer lots right now. 
that's probably going to change in the next couple of weeks where you start to see it dip down. But I think at the end of the day, we're going to start to see in the next coming week or two, maybe some parts availability issues and things like that, but time will tell. Well, for a long time, uh, the uh, parts supply chain uh, was uh, horrific. Uh, has it improved at all? It's funny you should ask. So I had a, a long discussion yesterday morning with one of my local vendors because you know, we typically buy our oil filters from one particular vendor. And I happened to be talking with Bobby uh, at the shop. And he said, did you happen to notice all the different brand filters that we have? Because we have to switch to a different brand. And I said, I did happen to notice that. I went to grab a filter when I was doing a service the other day. And it's like, what happened to all our regular filters? And they're gone. So I called yesterday down to my supplier. And I said, all right, what's going on here? And one of the things that he explained to me is with this particular brand, they have contracted out to a warehousing and distribution company. And if you call the manufacturer, they said, oh, yeah, we've got plenty of those but they're not getting to the stores. So here again, we have a supply chain issue mm. that is, you know, this company is, it's costing this company potentially millions of dollars in sales every week because their supply chain facility is not doing what they need to do. And I can only imagine it's because like everybody else, it's a staffing issue. Yeah. Well, so did it ever improve uh, the the parts supply the, the the chain? Did it ever improve from uh, from COVID? It did. We saw it, some, you know, I call it. What do I want to say? So, some rebound to it. Yeah, but not to the degree that we needed. You know, there, there are still struggles out there getting the everyday stuff. Dan Weed is with us from uh, Weed Family Automotive, 124 Store Street in Concord. You can call them right now if you'd like to make an appointment for your vehicle, 603-225-7988. Or you can uh, talk to Dan directly right here at uh, WKXL. Give us a call, 603-224-1450. If you have a question for Dan about the the operation or maintenance of uh, your vehicle, we'll take a break. Kale and Company continues after these words on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, 1450 on the AM dial, 1039 in the Capital Region, 1019 FM in Manchester and beyond, and streaming around the world and around the clock. At nhtalkradio.com, Dan Weed is with us from Weed Family Automotive. And uh, Dan, we're uh, you know heading into that uh, winter season. It'll be on us before we know it. And uh, you've already uh, been putting on those snow tires. Yeah, we're, we've got the uh, early adopters out there, if you will, that uh, either the tires are worn out and time to change over anyway, so we're putting the snow tires on early. So. Yeah, it's already begun. Typically, November is our real busy month for snow tires and whatnot. And, you know, one thing to consider, particularly this year, is, you know, like everybody else, the, the repair industry has been extremely busy this past summer. And most places are a, a week, if not two weeks out in some cases. So uh, jump on the bandwagon, get that appointment made early this, this year, especially this year, uh, to be able to get those snow tires done, you know, Everybody is at full capacity right now as far as getting stuff done. Everybody that I talk to is at least a week or two out on the schedule. So it's something to really consider 
that you might want to get done a little earlier this year, be ahead of the game to try and get those snow tires changed over and your, your winter services done and ready you know, before that season comes along because it was eight-ish years ago or maybe more because my memory is so short that we had that Halloween snowstorm in which we had oh, yeah. 20 or 30 inches of snow in some places uh, Halloween weekend. And, you know, it, everybody was in panic mode at that point. It was a truly unexpected storm, I believe, that came in on the heels of a, a major, you know, low pressure area and whatnot. Yeah. But nobody really saw it coming. It was a huge surprise. It's they predicted so true. a, a yeah. little bit of snow, but 20-plus inches of snow that we got that weekend. And uh, I was enjoying it. You know, it's kind of interesting to be plowing in October. But There, there you go. Uh, it, and, of course, the downside for us uh, winter enthusiasts is, what, well, that October snow didn't last very long either. So, Well, it, it did not, but I, I remember, be, and you're absolutely right, it was not predicted whatsoever. I mean, uh, I, I remember that uh, because I, I had uh, something to attend uh, in, in Concord that, that particular day and uh, had to drive from Manchester and you know they said like flurries, maybe a dusting or mm-hmm. something like that. Not the the blizzard, really. Right. We had blizzard conditions uh, that we had, but uh, uh, but that was about it for the snowfall that year. Yeah, that that was yeah. really all we had for our major storm for the year was that Halloween storm. Uh, we didn't really get much after that. You know, this December, January, February it was pretty light on snow accumulations from what, again, we're accustomed to for a old-fashioned New England winter. Right. That, that, that was it. That Halloween snowstorm that year was our big uh, event, our big snow event for the season. For the year. Yeah. yeah, that's right, for the winter season. It wasn't even winter, was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, Halloween. Yeah, that, that's a Halloween. That's a trick-or-treat for you right there. Right. <laughs> Surprise. So so make your appointment right now. As Dan said, probably a week or two out. So it's best to call uh, right now and make an appointment, 603-225-7988, to get your snow tires on and other things that have to be taken care of before the winter season. And what are some of those other things, Dan, besides the snow tires? Well, the, the snow tires is, you know, the obvious one, yep. but, you know, Visibility is key these days now, too. And I, I notice that more and more the days are getting shorter, and all of a sudden people are driving around without their headlights on. Uh, so that is one of the options that we have to be able to make changes now. Is there are several different headlight options out there from the, the standard uh, incandescent bulbs, if you will, and of course the halogen bulbs. And there are several different grades now of the halogen bulbs, or you can even do an LED conversion. Uh, within reason, I see some of the LED conversions that are a little over the top and make it, uh, as I age gracefully, harder to see at night with them coming in the opposite direction. Right. And uh, so there are different headlight options we can look at. Uh, wiper blades, you know, this is one of the interesting things is we used to have a series of three or four wiper blades that would cover multiple car lines and whatnot. Now that doesn't happen anymore. The man- manufacturers have changed the way the blade technology is the blade design and the way it attaches to the car now too. So uh, we have different options as far as wiper blades are concerned. And it all comes down to that visibility and what you can or can't see. And one of the things that I've found that I like, it's a product that I've used for a few years now is uh, Rain-X or something similar Mm -hmm. uh, to treat the windshield with. There's a lot of times treat the windshield driving down the road and you don't even have to have the wipers on, particularly in the summertime because 
the water just beads up and rolls off. But it does make uh, those times when you have to use the wipers a lot easier to see. I find it a lot clearer, a lot better to see. But, you know, headlights, wipers, windshield treatments. And then, of course, we got to stop and think about the, the what if, all right? And, and I'm not a what if guy, but let's at least be somewhat prepared for in case something happens. Yeah. Uh, keep a list in your glove box or somewhere in the car of key phone numbers. I mean, granted, we have our phones and everything's memorized in our phones, but in that odd occasion that something happens, your phone doesn't work, battery's dead, no cell service, whatever, and you've got to have somebody else call for you, whether it be from a residence or something else, have a key list of phone numbers, whether it's your repair shop, a towing company's body shop, something like that, or your key contacts that you have those phone numbers readily available. Right, because nobody knows anybody's phone number these days. That's that's for sure. They're all pre-programmed, and uh, you know, I, I used to know a lot of phone numbers. Now I don't know any. I'm lucky to know my own uh, these days. But now you say you use the the Rain-X yep. or, or, sim, or a similar, or a similar product, product to yep. that. To treat. When, when should that be applied? Uh, I like to do it before the winter season, but typically two to three times a year, and it seems to last, of course. Uh, they've also come out with a Rain-X washer fluid, which I, I'll admit I haven't tried yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, people that I know that use it absolutely love it. It does make a oh, big okay. difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's and probably a little bit more expensive than your everyday brand. Oh, but, of course, uh, yes. But, 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 <laughs> but if it does the job, yes. that's, that's the important it, thing. It, it yeah. is, uh, in my mind, worth it. You know, and so you know, we talk about a list of emergency contacts. What about having, you know, a little box, a a first aid box, something like that, or an emergency box where you might have uh, an extra jacket or something like that, a blanket, maybe water and some snacks in case you get, you know, stranded in traffic like we saw down in Virginia the last year or two. You know, people were there for 8, 10, 12 hours stuck in their car. So let's be prepared for a situation like that too, you know. So just little things like that to consider. Uh, I've seen, you know, obviously – People that have uh, flat tires or whatnot broken down beside the highway. There's a company that's come out, and I don't know the name of it off the top of my head. We used to see, obviously, way back in the old days, the, the road flares. We see the road triangles that the truckers yep. use. Yep. But I've seen a couple companies now that have uh, LEDs that are either suction cup or magnetized to your vehicle. Uh, and it just creates a little strobe or flashing light mm. to get... Yeah. I guess garner a little more attention for the folks that aren't paying attention. <laughs> And, and, you know, most cars come uh, with the spare tire that's just a temporary tire. Yeah. Uh, Would you recommend going out and purchasing another tire to have as a spare? I think it really depends on your driving situation. I've seen there are rare situations that I would recommend two spare tires. I think one for the average person, but make sure that, you know, before we come into the winter season or at least twice a year that as your regular service is being performed, ask them to take that one more step and please check the spare tire pressure Mm -hmm. just to be sure because having a spare tire that is low or flat does you absolutely no good. And uh, the flip side is there's a lot of cars out there now that have no spare tire at all. So Is that right? Yeah. 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 So your only option is to have your car towed. So if you don't have AAA or something similar, uh, then who are you going to call to get your car towed? So talk to your repair shop, see who they would recommend for a towing facility. We have a couple of our key people that we use for local towing companies, but you know, find out who your repair shop uses that in case they have to have it towed to 
that facility or to a tire shop that you have a place to call or you know somebody to call you know within your emergency list. Uh, so there are cars these days that come without spare tires? Yes, exactly. Really? <laughs> Amazing, isn't Shows it? Shows you I haven't bought a new car in a long time, <laughs> right? We'll uh, take a break. Dan Weed is here from uh, Weed Family Automotive. Find out new stuff every time Dan is on the show. 124 Store Street in Concord, Weed Family Automotive, and uh, uh, lots of new uh, dining and uh, other stuff in the area that you, you can check out while you're there and while you're waiting. And uh, we will take a break. Give them a call right now if you want to make an appointment. But as Dan said, it's going to be a week or two out because things are busy. 603-225-7988 is the number to call. Wheat Family Automotive. And that is at 124 Store Street in Concord. We'll take a break. Kale and Company continues here on WKXL and HTalkRadio.com. Stay with us. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Dan Weed is in the house. If you have any last-minute questions for Dan, uh, you can give us a call right now, 603-224-1450-1450. Same as our AM frequency that's been around for about 77 years now. Longer than Dan and myself. Not combined, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe almost. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was, I was reading the other day, not that I'm in the market for one, but I did see that uh, Teslas were coming down in price, and the, the price is not that dissimilar to, uh, you know, regular uh, U.S. manufactured vehicles. You know, when Tesla came out with their Model 3, their whole premise on that Model 3 was that it was going to be in that $30,000 price range, which is, in these days, a, a pretty sweet spot for, you know, price of a brand new car. Yeah. When it finally came out to production, they were a little bit more than that, but now you're starting to see that price come back down uh, to, you know, their their target goal of around 30-ish thousand. But it makes it a a lot more affordable for really the the general population overall to look at a, a brand new $30,000 car. I mean, when you look at some of the, I guess, higher end cars or even, you know, heck, a, a diesel pickup these days is in that eighty dollars to $100,000 range, which just to me is mind boggling. But, you know, when you have million plus dollar supercars, I guess it's a little bit different too. So, yeah. but no, Tesla still is uh, the number one produced electric vehicle i will go down on a limb and say probably in the world at this point you know if you know definitely in the united states it is the number one brand that we see out there for electric vehicles Mm -hmm. and there i don't believe that there isn't a car manufacturer out there at this point that doesn't have some sort of hybrid or ev within their fleet but certainly tesla is the purely you know the, the only car manufacturer right now well I shouldn't say that because you got Rivian and several others, but one of the few that is strictly an electric vehicle produced manufacturer. Oh. So far and away, number one. Number one, yeah. yeah. No, no doubt about that. Yeah. So I, I did see in a recent article on uh, CNBC.com that uh, Ford is expecting to spend more than $50 billion through 2026 to ramp up EV production uh, around the world. GM said they're going to spend... 
uh, $35 billion through 2025. And Volkswagen, uh, they expect to invest almost $200 billion on EVs and related you know, uh, cars, uh, software through 2028. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a huge investment. I've got to wonder, you know, how much of this is uh, government subsidies at this point to help, you know, boost that production. And, you know, a lot of it is geared towards, if you will, you know, that carbon neutrality uh, and whatnot. So the EVs are here. They're not going away. Uh, again, it's, I think, really, if it fits your lifestyle and, and whatnot, your driving style yep. is terrific. Uh, and it's great. You know, we, we see it as a new technology and, and something that we have to embrace as an industry. You know, one of the things that we've talked about on the show is what a terrific job that our uh, trade schools are doing in the area, getting people within the trades, you know, whether it's the automotive program, the building trades or whatnot. But we're starting to see the lack of tradespeople uh, now affect the EV world as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've seen the stories online of people trying to drive cross country or trying to take these family vacations in their EV and inevitably they get to the next charging stop and that EV station or the EV charging system is not working, all right? And so there was an article that just came out that says, wanted electricians to fix thousands of broken EV chargers. And this is out of Automotive News. So right now in the US there's over 4,000 public charging stations that are out of service as of the early October. Uh, outage of more than 6% of the total charging network. Now keep in mind that these are only charging stations that are still online, but are reporting an error. This doesn't speak to the charging stations that are completely down and out and offline. So right. there's yeah. probably you know another thousand or more that are down and out. But the problem comes is they don't have the electricians that are trained that they need to fix or repair right. or replace yeah. these charging stations. So here's another one of the skilled trades that is seeing the same shortage that all the other skilled trades are seeing, you know, in the electri electrician world. Yeah. That's probably a little bit more specialized to these EV charging stations, but they're lacking people, staff, and training to be able to support the infrastructure of all these charging stations that are now down and out. That, that is really something. I mean, uh, I know people plan their vacations uh, by, you know, if they have an electric vehicle, planning them, you know, by, you know, where these are allegedly located. And maybe they are located there, but many times they're, they're broken uh, when you arrive. And so what do you do? Uh, you know, I, we've heard some horror stories uh, in the last uh, couple of years about people plotting vacations very meticulously, but then when they arrive at their destination, the charging station, that it's just uh, just not working. How are we doing, uh, Dan, locally in, in New Hampshire in terms of uh, charging stations? Well, I think, you know, again, Tesla being the number one car manufacturer, they went out and put their charging network out first mm -hmm. and then the vehicle after. So th that's the number one charging facility that you see is driven by Tesla. Yeah. Uh, and we've just recently seen several of the major car manufacturers adopt the Tesla charging standard as their go-to. So they'll be able to piggyback their cars onto the Tesla chargers as well as their own individual chargers as well. So they're adopting the Tesla standard across several new manufacturers now. So 
again, kudos to Tesla for thinking about, oh yeah, we have to have a charging network before we have a car. And now a lot of other car manufacturers have seen, I guess, the short-sightedness of themselves jumping on the bandwagon right. without a charging network are now going back to Tesla and saying, oh, guys, we need your help. So when you, you uh, pull up to a, a charging station, like I, I think of the ones at the hooks at rest areas mm-hmm. on uh, either side of 93, uh, is it just like you know you, you stop by a, you know a gas pump and put a credit card in, or how does how does yeah. it work? You, yeah. you still have to pay to charge your vehicle. Yeah, there yeah. there is a fee for it. I think Tesla for the first year is free, but after that there's a fee to recharge your vehicle. No different than pulling up to the gas pump. And, and I wonder how costly it is. I mean, I would have no idea, but uh, how much it is, but to uh, charge your car for what an hour or whatever it takes. It de- depends on yep. the, so that's the other caveat is, you know, what level charger do you pull up to? You know, is it a level three, two, or one charger? You know, you get a level one charger and you can do a full charge within, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes, under an hour anyway, but you get a level two, level three charger and it's going to take two, three, four hours to bring that charge up and sometimes overnight. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm going to stick to my, my gas powered vehicle. Yeah, I, it's you know simpler. I, I, I venture to say that the gas-powered vehicles are not going to go away in our lifetime. As soon as some people would like them to, right? Yeah. You know, we're, we're still not driving flying cars yet, like they proposed in the Jetsons. <laughs> yes. That was supposed to happen in the year two thousand, like, so. what sixty years ago, right? right? <laughs> uh, but I, I think that you know a, a blended mix in the fleet, you know, from internal combustion engines, whether it's gas or diesel hybrid cars, electric cars, and we're starting to see some of the hydrogen technology become a little more mainstream, but I think it's still years out. So I think a blended mix of all the technologies is really the way to go. Yeah. You know, are we ever going to get away from uh, petroleum products in the oil industry? No, because I think one of the things that people often forget is 90% of our world and what we do today, whether it's a plastic bottle, parts of your cell phone and other things, you know, you might be not be putting that gasoline directly into the tank anymore, but you're still going to re- or rely on some sort of a petroleum byproduct uh, within our life to for make our life other work things, yeah. for a lot yeah. of other things that uh, we don't often think about. Exactly. Exactly. And then you see uh, in some cities, and in fact, I, I saw it recently uh, when I was uh, in Seattle. Uh, it says end fossil fuels. Yes, the, the, yeah. the stop end oil. fossil fuels. <laughs> yeah, right. What are we going to do without fossil fuels? Right. <laughs> I mean, you can't do much no. without them. No. Uh, in any walk of life, you're, you're, uh, even yeah. your, your clothing, your shoes, your sneakers. Yeah. You know, whether it's polyester, rayon, <laughs> nylon, whatever, is guess what, folks? It's a byproduct of the oil industry. It's part of the petrochemical industry that's out there. Uh, and, you know, I'm sorry, it's just not going to go away. It ain't going away, folks. You know, Dan, you're still uh, looking for some help? We are. You know, we've been uh, one person short in the shop for a while now. Uh, we had a couple of prospects that just didn't quite pan out, so to speak. And uh, so, yeah, we are. Sounds like the Red Sox. A couple of (laughs) prospects that didn't pan out. (laughs) (laughs) Or a quarterback, too. Right, right, yeah. (laughs) So how do they get in touch? (laughs) Give me a call right at the shop at 603-225-7988. You can reach out to me uh, via email at dan at weedfamilyautomotive.com. Happy to sit down and talk with the candidates out there. And, you know, we're willing to... uh, 
entertain an apprentice too at this point too. Oh, very to, good. You know, we have a we're working on an apprenticeship program that we can help supply tools and whatnot and education. So there's opportunities out there. So we'd love to hear from a variety of different people. All right, uh, there you go. If you're looking for uh, uh, you know a career in the automotive field, here's a perfect opportunity for uh, for you to take advantage of it. Dan, as always, uh, thanks so much for being with us. It's been a pleasure. Thank always you Always informative. I didn't know they were making cars these days without spare tires. <laughs> That's what I learned today. <laughs> Kale & Company presented by Northeast Delta Dental with individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at deltadentalcoversme.com. Thanks to Dan Weed once again. And folks, remember, always look on the right side of life.